live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. Am I on already? Wow. Just sat down for folks coming in. Folks coming in from the West to Lafayette on the I-10. Be careful around Egan. (laughs) There was a huge wreck. I just got off the. I, I was actually moved off the freeway. Had to travel down the Egan Highway. Mister Mesh, do you know where the Egan Highway is? I've literally never heard of that. That's I did. I didn't know it was the Egan Highway, but that was my ways. My little waves <laughs> uh, guy told me go down the Egan Highway. It was beautiful. There was a church on the right hand side. There was a cemetery on the left hand side, and there was gas for about I think. 515. <laughs> Did you enjoy the beautiful Chamber of Commerce Day on the side of the road? It is a lovely Chamber of Commerce Day, isn't it? Not? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't see anything from the oh. from that point on. I just watched the clock and panicked that I would not make it here. You know what was really interesting that I did not mention yesterday? Was <laughs> was Uh-oh. this was this was really bad. It it was awful to watch, but it was kind of funny in the moment. But looking back at it, it was like, oh, that someone on the side of the road, you know how coming this way, Delta Media is going to be on your left side? Yes. Coming up, yes. Yes. So on my way there, I saw someone on the side of the road. There was a cop car with them, and they were stopped. But instead of them being like kind of parallel with Uh-oh. the road, Uh-oh. they were more horizontal so they they stopped for police reasons or for wreck reasons i have no idea i mean i didn't see any damage on the car but they actually (laughs) that as i was passing by i saw the guy try to get out of the passenger seat but the car was going down the ditch as he was trying to get out so the driver was trying to get out the passenger side because he could not get out his side. I'm not sure. I couldn't. I don't know if he was the driver or not. But I saw someone trying to get out of the passenger. You essentially seat. saw a guy heading, pointing in the wrong direction. Yes, and he was going down in the ditch, and I was like, "Oh, there's nothing he can." Well, that's do. not a good sign. Yeah, that's that's just not a good sign. Because I, I looked over to my right, I'm like, "Oh," as he's as he's going down, I was like, "Oh, I gotta get to work." <laughs> <laughs> Are you the type of guy that would jump out of his car and help, but police were already unseen? No. All right. That's not my job. It's <laughs> not my job. It's not my job. Never save that burning child. It's not my job. Well, or oh, or you're talking about that? Well, I just I was just curious of anything. Well, if I mean, how far? Just... How far? What would you stop for? See, you guys don't have it out here where you jump out of the car and help the guy out of the ditch in the snow. No, because I've never seen that. That's that's the ultimate because you're getting out of a warm car, yeah, and I'm going into the cold, freezing cold and trying to move a car with the potential of getting crushed, of not only getting crushed but pushing the guy out in front of you and having nobody to push you out if you get stuck. Yep, 
<laughs> so it's like, now wait. I'm stuck, then too. having to wait for somebody else to be a good Samaritan as people fly by you and kick more snow into your face. That's Midwest love right there. That's what we call December. That's what we call December. That's that Midwestern hospitality. Jim Gazzolo in for Jordy today. James Mesh is with me. Good to be back. Haven't been here for a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. I haven't seen your face. <laughs> That's probably not where I would have gone with that. I heard your voice would have been better, but there's well, no, there's well we have heard your voice because we've had you on on Crunch Time a few times. Yes, you have. So that's why I said And you're it. doing well on Crunch Time. Thank you. I, I enjoy listening to you. We need more mesh. <laughs> yeah, that, mesh. that's what Ray, that's what Ray says is more mesh. More mesh. <laughs> he finds any way he can to get me on air. Well, that's what you need. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm just saying it's like... Okay, where are we going to start today as we get into the world of sports? Do you really want to start with the Pelicans? Do you really... Are, are you... Because during the year, you were always more Pelican pro than me. And I wasn't even that Pelican. I wasn't no. even that pro Pelican. Are you excited about them in the playoffs? I'm excited that they actually got to it because I didn't think they would. Well, but I, I always do it. But the I always Clippers knew. are a mess. They are a mess. L.A. basketball is a mess. And I love it. What, now why? Because I don't like L.A. <laughs> what, what don't you like about L.A.? I lived there for 22 years. Beautiful people in L.A. some. <laughs> I don't like the city, so, and I don't like any of the teams and most of the players. What don't you like about the city? Uh, How the, can you not like L.A.? The, it's got the beach. people. The pe- the be- okay, the beach is nice, but I'm talking about the people in the city. A lot of them are homeless now. <laughs> a lot of them are homeless, but <laughs> so the ones that aren't homeless, most of them it's seem a, it's to be a rare scumbags. It's It's not... It's... It's they think elitist. they're better. They think they're yeah. They're very elitist. They it's think an they're elitist. better. Than- I, I will admit, coming from the Midwest, it was an elitist. You got to get used to. The- That's the Hollywood of it. It's a Hollywood town. That's and that's what I don't like. About okay, it. well, what I like to see is because I'm not a LeBron James fan. I do get the feeling that he is. But like- you also have to remember, I'm a. Boston Celtics fan. So yeah, that's true. So any any LA team? Are you watching the winning time? The winning the time? HBO. Oh, the, the HBO uh, Lakers yes. series? No, I have not seen it. Okay. I, it's a little over the top. I'm sure it is because it's Hollywood. But it's not. It's just uh, the characters are really bizarrely played. I was going to. I'm sure they exaggerated the characters to make it seem Immensely. more dramatic. Immensely. Uh, immensely. Um, from what I. I now, they're nutty. <laughs> but what I like about this is. We're seeing the true LeBron James come out now. Everything that happens in the playoffs, he has to tweet about. Doesn't he? It's He's like tweeting a- about officials. Why aren't you on vacation? LeBron's always got to keep himself in the news. It's kind of got a Tom Brady feel about it. That I've got to be in the news. Or Aaron Rodgers. I've got to have my news. You've got to be. I have to be trending. I've recently gone to Twitter. I have to tweet about these games and the and the rep. I mean, that's what Draymond was doing. Yeah. Any any game that he hasn't played, he's been tweeting about. I don't about. get that. Why? Is that just because people? I I don't know. I do. I really care if LeBron James thinks this was a bad call. No, because I don't follow him. And are your Celtics <laughs> really going to beat the Nets? Yes. All right. Are the Pelicans going to win a game? I say one. 
They may get to if they're lucky. Scrap scrap a second one out, but they're not winning the series. So you, you think they may get games three and four? I'm saying they may get three and five. Ooh, one on the road? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> game two is a, I always thought game two is the easiest for the team on the road. Or or what they do is let's say they win tonight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Game two. Game three, they lose, but then game four, they win it, and then the last two. I think they win game three. You think they win game? That's the game they win. I think they win so, a game three. So at that point, would you say, so you're saying that they have the very good potential of taking the 2 1 lead on the on the No, side? I don't think they win tonight. Oh, okay. But if they, if I always, I always believe game two, the road team is the easiest game or, or the best chance to steal the game. I just think that you're the, you're in that city for two games. If the first game is a e- fairly easy win, the fans don't get as riled up. They're not as excited. They're expecting as the eight seed to fall away. They may not be into it as much. So that that's that's your chance. I'd love to see them win. I, I think it'd be wild if they could win the series. It's not gonna happen. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be groundbreaking. They're a ten. Uh, they're the tenth seat or the ninth seat. Well, they. Well, now they're the eight, but they were, yeah. they came in as the ninth. Yeah, they beat the Spurs. They're better than the Spurs. They beat the Clippers. They're probably better than the Clippers, right? Clippers are are a mess. Yeah, the, and they didn't. Well, they also didn't have PG. Have they had him all year though? Yeah, <laughs> they haven't had him all year. He's been there. He hasn't been there. I, Kawhi hasn't been there all year. No. I I don't I don't understand any of that. I don't understand. I don't know. The NBA is a mess. <laughs> How's that? But I'd like to see him win. I'd like to see him win a couple games, actually. I would too. That I, way, it's not going to happen. But I and I think they will. I think they'll win one game. Could they steal one on the road? It's not very likely. But your problem, it could happen. I mean, the the Suns. I don't know if that was just because they had had their foot off the gas the last few games and. They were taking the Pelicans lightly once they got a lead. And the Pelicans got momentum winning the two games. Yeah. But, yeah, they played well enough. They just – winning time is tough. They, they've been to the NBA Finals. The, the Suns have been to the NBA Finals. They were in the NBA Finals last year. Chris Paul also just loves, like, beating up on his former team. Yeah. He just loves beating up on the Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, you know, no, he hasn't played a whole lot of minutes for the whole year, really, no, by no, comparison. No love is lost. Now, I, and I don't know if that's, if he takes it out on the NBA because they didn't move him to the Lakers, or if he's just hates New Orleans. I was going to say. I don't know why I he would hate New Orleans, though. I don't know. He so was it, treated, ah, the old, they, they treated him not great. They didn't trade him the greatest, but he wasn't mistreated. It was a bad franchise. Oh, speaking time. of being mistreated, did you did you hear about Boogie Cousins? What he had tweeted? Yeah. <laughs> all all Sacramento ever did was just make draft me a millionaire. Who no, all he said was they just drafted me, but, but it made him a millionaire. They paid him millions of dollars to play for the team for seven years. For seven years. And you were the face of that franchise for those seven years. That was a bad franchise. I, that's 
He was I, he was the reason why they didn't go seven and seventy five. Yeah. Well, they could have. I don't know what happened to them because Cause they because early eighties, they're or early twenties, they're good. They're as good as anybody in the NBA. They're the best team in the NBA in twenty twenty three in twenty in two thousand and three. They were the best team in the NBA. Think about that. Sacramento was the best team in the NBA in 2003. Had game seven at home against the Lakers. And lost in overtime and never recovered. They had Vladi. They had uh, Bibby. They, by, oh, Mike Bibby. Oh, my goodness. Mike Bibby was good back then. Uh, they had uh, oh, the guy from Chris Weber. Oh, yes, Weber. They had uh, Turkaloov as their sixth man. Um, they had Christie. Didn't wait. Didn't didn't White Chocolate play for him? Yeah, but not in that team. Yeah, but like he, yeah, I, he was he was in that time but frame. That, but that was right before. Yeah, he was in that time frame because he he was mid to late nineties, right? Yeah, and yeah. he was exciting for them. He was an exciting player to watch in the NBA. Oh yeah, he he he. It felt like he was. One of the closer products, I would say, to Pistol. Well, he had because they, they felt the, like they kind of had the same. He had that same mentality and the same exactly because they had the same kind of play style yeah. where it's like I'm flashy. I'm making these cool passes that you don't see from everyone. No, else. It, no, he had the flash. He had more flash than Magic. He he had the most flash I'd seen outside of Pistol Pete probably. And I, I don't remember Pistol Pete much because you didn't see the NBA a lot back then. <laughs> No, and you certainly didn't see but, the New Orleans. But from jazz. the but from the highlights that I saw from LSU and him being in the NBA, it's like okay. And then I'm seeing Jason Williams, and I'm seeing yeah. his stat, and I'm seeing his highlights, and I'm like, I'm getting the same vibe. The thing about Pistol Pete was all of all of his flash almost led to shots, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. Williams most of his led to passes. But Pistol Pete was doing everything. He was basically one on five. <laughs> yeah, one 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 looked to pass more. The other one looked to yes. score. Or as some would say one could pass more because he had other talent around him, and one had to shoot. <laughs> that he is. was a one man show. He was a one man entertainment. He he was the most. In the seventies, I liked him, and I liked Doctor J. Mm-hmm. They were exciting. Everybody else in the NBA was pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. <laughs> pick and pop. Pick and, it wasn't even a pick and pop. It was pick and roll, pick and roll, post up. The NBA was post sky, up. Sky hook. Sky hook. Uh, but the NBA was post up. Dream shake. Dribble five, six, seven times. Back the guy down. Mm-hmm. Try to do something. <laughs> and then the Lakers came in. That's the one thing about the show that is good is they gave credit to Jack McKinney who brought the entertainment value into the flow of the offense from Portland. Because Portland actually did it when they won the championship with Walton. They actually played a certain way that was different than the whole league. He took it to the Lakers and Magic was able to create something that had never existed. But that was all because of money. They needed money. That's the fascinating thing of that show is it does show how close they were to utter financial ruin. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And the whole league itself. The whole league was a mess, except for your Celtics. Of course. Except for your Celtics. When are, when are they ever in shambles except for the, the past two years <laughs> and the start of this season? I don't ever recall them being really bad. They're well. They're until, never. They're never really, really bad. No, they're never though. They're they're always. They always are just outside the playoffs. If at the worst, you never. Yeah, you they're never always see, like right there. You never see them in the. You never see them in the lottery legitimately. No. Whenever you see them, <laughs> legitimately, in, you never. You only see them in the lottery because they made a trade yeah. for somebody's pick, or they pick Bird in the, you know, year before round. <laughs> That's awesome. That that to me is their best move ever. Was how they fooled it. They created a rule that they were Dean Smith. They created rules. <laughs> Dean Smith created rules. He created a three point line that was ridiculous because of Ralph Sampson. <laughs> he did. Have you ever have you ever gone back and seen uh, nineteen eighty three ACC play? I have not seen the that. The three-point is inside the top of the key. It's halfway between the top of the key and the free throw line. And the free throw line. Why? Ralph Sampson. That's <laughs> I'll shoot those all day. Ralph Sampson. <laughs> I'll shoot those there all day. There was also they put in a they put in a uh, shot clock. Mm-hmm. But because Dean Smith did the four-corner offense to kill games, they turned the clock off with 5 minutes left. He wouldn't let them do the whole game. It's a little easier to get to the Final Four when you do that stuff, you know. But Ralph Sampson would dominate the league, and he had to compete with it, and he created what led to North Carolina State winning a championship. Strange. Strange how it happens. When we come back, we'll talk more NBA. And John Aiken will be with us at the bottom of the hour. This is Jim Gazzolo subbing for Jordy. Talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yep. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. Get in on the first-round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code 1037GAME at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parent. 
Parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. Jim Gazzola back. I'm in for the Blonde Bomber. Jordy Oberg today. And uh, James, baseball's just started, and last night the Astros' best player still, is he? Uh, Jose Altuve goes down with a hamstring. Level of concern this early for that? Uh, I'm, try- I'm trying to see if there was like a – if they kind of gave the severity of how bad it was under, it was going to be looked at and reevaluated today. Today, yeah, they will so reevaluate in the morning. Yeah, so we, but they haven't given us anything. Hamstrings, yet. hamstrings aren't terrible. This is where baseball's problem is. I don't think they revved up enough. They yeah, they didn't, have enough, they didn't have enough of a warm up. A lot of guys, a lot of pitchers having injuries. A lot of guys having leg injuries, just like uh, two years ago. I, I don't know if they just rev, didn't rev up enough, or if he was in the cold weather, I'd say it's the cold weather. It's ridiculous the fa- to play the fact in that this it was, weather. Yeah. The fact that it's in Houston, it was indoors, it, 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 that hurts it. <laughs> that hurts that theory a little bit. But do you like the Astros without Correa? Your new Astros. It's it's very early on to tell, but it it hasn't been bad. Well, the Verlander Verlander coming out and throwing well is. Amazing. Yes. I think they were unexpected to see that kind of a first game. But that is that is a shot in the arm that they weren't expecting that quick. No, because that's I mean, that's your leadoff hitter. Yeah, that's that that's definitely a big blow. I don't if you if he can't see how long he plays. See how long it is, see how bad it is. If it's not torn or anything, then it's just your old the day to day. But at least it's at least if he is to get hurt, at least it's early on. It is early. so But that division is much better than it's been. It is, but it's not like the Astros are 2-7. and seven No. Start. It's not like they're 4th or 5th in the in the West. No. So, you're, like, you're still in first. So, let's oh, say... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, You're it's still not. in first, so you're not... It's not the end of the world. No. Let's say you, you, let's say you do go under 500 while he's, while he's gone. It's, it's not a huge deal. No, it's not. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's no. not optimal, but your your season will they isn't be done. able to will they be able to be good enough without Correa though? How much will Correa hurt them? I does it mean Bregman has to pick up that much more second? And he was the player of the week the first week. <laughs> it's a nice way to come out of the gate with all the pressure on you to have that kind of a week. Yeah. Bregman Bregman will have to step up for sure. I'm trying to. Are you even interested in baseball that much? I'm not. Super. Is it too early or is it just? Well, it it is very early. That's that's also another thing is we're we are getting faster games with the little radio in the ear. Games are a little faster, little bit, but we're. I don't I don't rev up my intensity for. For baseball or basketball, You're until more about the draft, until we get closer to the playoffs. All right, then quickly, you were the big USFL draft guide. First week of the USFL, did you like it? 
I didn't mind it. I mean, it's kind of what you expect. Uh, the 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 quality of the football is not great. It definitely has taken a dip because you only had three weeks to practice yeah. with your team that you just drafted. Why they did that, not sure. Felt like they could have waited. They could have given them like they could have drafted earlier. They either could have drafted earlier, or we could have. You could have started the season in in May. Another two weeks. Well, like in like I would even say end of May, like start of June. Because I mean, they didn't even they they got what a mini camp. They got a they basically they got, they got a mini camp and said, "All right, you're camp. starting." They got a two week mini camp. They were playing. There was there was no training camp. There was no there was no you team no workouts. Idea there how was much no these preseason. Guys were working out before you have no idea. You really don't. In fact, they didn't, they couldn't even like get playbooks. One guy just got <laughs> cut from the Maulers. Yesterday, because he ordered a pizza instead of eating a chicken salad. You really? saw that? No, yeah. I did not. Yeah, one of the the running back for one of the running backs for the Maulers, he just got cut because the reason was because he said that he had a problem because he didn't want to eat chicken salad and he wanted to have, and he ordered a pizza instead. And he got cut. So he got cut. Wow. They said it was because he was being disrespectful. And all, and they had asked him, "Is this going to be a problem?" Because he couldn't have pizza and he didn't want to have chicken salad, so he said yes and walked away and ordered a pizza. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a new one. Yeah, that's that's a new one. But I, I like that. But I mean, it's a, you, it's obviously, a man that wants obviously, pizza. If you, obviously, if you thought he was good, you would you would have accepted the pizza. You, you would have you would have dealt with it. Yes, <laughs> but. But I, I found that very, I found that very interesting last I time I found out. I thought the football was, uh, it was okay. It wasn't bad. You saw a lot of, horrible. you saw a lot of defensive scores. Yeah, you did. It wasn't horrible. The break, at least the breakers are one to zero. I was not impressed with Slaughter by any means. <laughs> he threw, can, you be, can you be impressed with anybody three weeks in? I mean, I I was impressed with the defense overall. I forgot who had the defenses it. look good. The defense, well, but that's the thing is you expect the defenses to look good. They should in look something good like, because offense it takes a lot more choreography, a lot of lot more, working, a lot together. more work, a lot more, lot more chemistry. Yeah, no question about it. And it takes it takes time to develop that. We've so the fact that, that they yeah. only had three weeks, it's like, do I am I supposed to expect like thirty points? Do I even expect twenty if there's no defensive score? E- we even saw a safety. We we saw we, we saw Chad Williams, the Breakers wide receiver, block the punt and have it go out the end zone. We saw safety. I like it when defenses score. So it it is fun to see that because it's like so it's, it's so seldom a, yeah. that you see it. It's so rare. It's a chain. It's a it's a possession within a possession. <laughs> and you go right back to how it went before, but yeah, but you I, get just, you get an extra score. Seeing out of it. people try to tackle is more fun because I was gonna say seeing the offensive players the offensive try to tackle linemen trying to catch a guy and tackle him. That's what I want to see. It, it's it's so <laughs> it's so night and day with how the whenever there's an, an interception or a fumble recovery by the defense, you you see it, it feels so slowed down. You see you see the return men like the the linebacker, the safety, or the corner whenever they get the turnover. You see, it feels like they're running so much slower yeah, and like is. taking their time, whereas the offense is like struggling. Like, oh, we got to get to them as fast as we can. But then you just you just make well, the one always, move because they're running full speed, and you just like cut to the, the right. Fly, yeah, so the guy flies off off the table basically. Or yeah, 
flies off the cliff. Exactly. It's a, it's always funny to watch those because like you you just it feels so. So your slow breaker down. your breaker's gonna win it all. Undefeated. <sighs> Slaughter needs to step up because you can't expect two you can't expect they, almost two hundred yards rushing. What were they expecting for the crowds? Crowds are not great. There was about three hundred. There was about three hundred. <laughs> that's, that's not. That's not there was nobody on the end zone side, but I did I did good. see some people on the sideline side. But but, of but three available but, for those people. But three and a half million people did watch that first USFL game. Yeah, and it was and it was an entertaining game. But do I expect it to go down? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't expect the ratings. It was to be. an entertaining game though. It came down to the last minute. Yeah, it was actually a good twenty-eight, twenty-four game. Yeah, it, it wasn't a. Thir- it wasn't thirteen crack, to six. It wasn't crackpot football. No. Uh but there was no crowd. It was. I just. I thought we were back in the bubble. I did. The first touchdown that I did see was. Who was it? I. I don't. I forgot which team it was. I think it was Birmingham. But the quarterback rolled out to the right, threw it, and hit the tight end, and like midway in the end zone. That I mean that that felt like that was an NFL type play. The quarterback rolling out, oh, okay, getting out, you. getting out the pocket. Yeah, I got you. Hitting his hitting his tight end in the end zone. The tight end has to kind of. And, he, and the quarterback throws it to only where the tight end can catch yeah, it I got on it. the yeah, opposite side. No, that was side. a nice play. I like that. There were there were there was glimpses of good plays all weekend. There was there was a glimmer of hope <laughs> when it came to some of the plays, but overall, a glimmer of hope. All right. Did you did you have the sound on like when you were watching the games for a while? <laughs> did so so you heard the the drone? I did hear the drone. Yes, that was terrible. I, I heard, don't know. I don't know what I think about the drone cam. I, I think. I think they're just spitballing, throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, and I don't think that, I, I, that's I, not going to stick. Know. Yeah, I don't. The the camera on the helmet though, where you see a first I person. Like that. Yeah, I like that. I kind of like that too. But the get rid of the drone, please. That noise is so loud. It sounds <laughs> well, like a, it sounds I think, like a call. I don't think of, there'd be as much noise as there was sixty thousand people. No, but still. But when there's six people, yeah. But you have the microphone on the on the quarterback, so if you're yeah. going to have the drone near the quarterback, you're going to yeah, hear it fly the, away. That was <laughs> That was a little weird, yes. So if if you could either find I'll a way that. to that have... That was weird. That was you, weird. Not to mention the quality on the camera is not that good. No, it, it, so, was, it was a little it was a little NYPD bluish to me. If you ever yeah. watch the TV show NYPD Blue, a little bit of a... Uh, so it's like... Sickness. I like the idea, but the execution thus far... Yeah, not not I, too it made good. Me, it, the drone cam made me a little seasick, especially. I, I remember yeah, it on the guy running. I remember the guy on the touchdown with the defense where he's running it. it it's chasing him, <laughs> and it was kind of like I, I felt like I was chasing him, and I I knew I wasn't going to catch him, and I wondered if the drone was going to catch him. I <laughs> was the drone going to like and, zap a laser out and get him? And <laughs> and the one of the quarterbacks, it was either Paxton Lynch or Shea Patterson, because they both fumbled like five times in that game. There are a few fumbles, but yeah. <laughs> But one of them fumbled, and they cut to the to the drone cam after the play, and the drone cam after a certain point you couldn't even see the football, you couldn't you couldn't even see the pile because they were pointing the drone in a different direction. It's like, why are you gonna cut to the drone cam if you can't even because you see the initial fumble, but you don't get to see the pile because the drone like turned in a different direction or 
like didn't focus itself on where the ball and the players are going. Yeah, I got So it's like, why are you doing that? Yeah. It's the USFL. When we come back after the break, John Aiken will join us talking about a very good recruiting class for McNeese State. Think about that after this on the Jody Holtberg Show. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's time to laugh until it hurts, but the pain will be for a good cause. Cajun Comic Relief returns Saturday, April 23rd at Angel Hall. Comedy event with its proceeds benefiting the Cajun Navy Ground Force will feature comedians and entertainments Sam Jobert, Steve Shaw, and the Raging Cajuns' very own John Morgan. KADN anchor Jeff Horchak and our very own guy Raymond Parsh III will serve as co-MCs for the event. Tickets will cost $30 and they can be purchased at eventbrite.com. Jim Gazzolo back for the Blonde Bomber today on 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, the game. Right now joining us, John Aiken, men's basketball coach at McNeese State. Coach, how you doing? I'm living a good life, Jim. I'm over in Destin, Florida, so I can't complain, buddy. That's, good. that's nice. Are you on a boat? You said you were going to be on a boat yesterday when I asked you. We're not on a boat today. It was a little chilly when we got up, so we're going to get a boat tomorrow. But my family's at the aquarium. We just got back from Seaside, which is one of my favorite parts of the Destin area. We went down there for lunch, and so we're going to – Go watch a movie on the beach tonight. Just keep enjoying our time. So, all right, I'm going to get into you. are still working, though, because yesterday you signed Walker Timmy. You've had what I consider in the 11 or 13 years I've been in Lake Charles, you've had on paper the best recruiting class I can think of. Um, how do you feel about your recruiting class and what more is coming? Yeah, I love the five guys that we've signed. Uh, something that we talked about as a staff going into this signing period was just recruiting dependable workers that have won. Uh, and so that's what we've really tried to attack. You know, we had to address our perimeter play a little bit. Uh, if you look at some of our statistics from last year, you know, as it's been for the last few years, you know too well. Turnovers and free throw percentage have been two bugaboos that have really hurt us. And so we tried to address that. Uh, with the signings of really Rashad Bolden. Um, Rashad went to Southern Miss. They had a tough year. Uh, he played a little bit on and off the ball, but he was a guy that we identified last year during this time that we thought was going to be a guy we'd like to run our team. He chose Southern Miss. and uh, So we're excited about him. He's a true point guard coming in here, all-conference USA freshman team. Um, really excited about his his potential growth. And then you know, the O'Day kid from uh, Dallas, another between the two of those guys, they won five state championships. Uh, Rashad won three in Mississippi, and Donovan won two in Texas, plus lost this past year in the championship game to Beaumont United. Uh, he played incredible in that game. I was at it. Uh, he had 18 at the, at the half, was guarding Wesley Yates, uh, face guarding him for 94 feet, Chris Beard, Scott Drew, 
Bruce Pearl off front row to see Wesley Yates, and Donovan just played exceptionally well. So really excited uh, about those two guys uh, in particular. And then, you know, the two big guys that we got recently are freshmen, you know, so they'll come in as young guys, but both have a ton of upside. You know, DeAndre is, I think, as good a high school player that I've recruited. If you look at his accolades and his ranking and, um, who recruited him, you know, those kind of things. I think he's got a chance to be a really, really good player for us. He already has a skill that translates with the rebounding uh, and just has a great motor. And then, you know, Walker, is, is he's been the most popular kid I've recruited ever. Um, that has a lot to do with his brother, but, you know, it's really helped our Get, just draw attention to us, and he's going to be a really good player. He's skilled, uh, can pass out of the post, and can score. Uh, a lot like his brother, just not 6'10". And then ultimately the last guy we signed was Berze from Latvia that can really shoot it at 6'6", 6'7", made 81 threes. And so all five of those guys were excited about it. I think they really fit uh, the pieces that we needed, and we've been intentional about that in this recruiting class, is putting, putting together a roster that fits a little bit better than last year's team did. Uh, this is your second year, but you've been in the league for a long time as an assistant, both at McNeese and Nichols. Is this the type of team, as you start to put it together, that looks like a typical uh, contending team in the Southland as far as size, amount of shooters, kind of the numbers game, and guys that can finish at the basket? Yeah, I think so. You know, I – I really like our core coming back uh, with really the three main guys that played a ton for us coming back, Zach Scott, John John Massey, and Christian Shoemate. Those three guys coming back at really the two, three, and the four, because John John, we're going to move back to his more natural position at the three. Um, I just am really excited about all three of those guys. You know, Christian was obviously an all-league guy. John John was freshman of the year in the league. I think he's going to take a jump, go from six and a half to – double-figure score guy. And then I think Zach is going to be what you saw in Deterius Gordon and Derek St. Hilaire last year. I think he's going to be one of those fifth-year senior guards that all of a sudden is going to go from whatever he was, 11 overall, 13, 14 in league. I think he'll be between 16 and 19 points a game next year. I really do. I think he's got a tremendous ability to score and um, he's taking on some ownership of this team. And then Trey English, you know, he played a lot late in the year last year, so excited about him, Harwin. Um, you know, those guys are core guys coming back. And then to add the skill in Rashad Bolden, Donovan O'Day, Roberts Berze, and even Walker. Walker's a really skilled kid. You know, they value the ball. They have high IQs. Um, so you're starting to see that. I think DeAndre, the best thing we did last year was we offensive rebounded. Uh, DeAndre is only going to make us better in that area. I mean, he's one of the best offensive rebounders. I don't care if you're recruiting the portal, high school, whatever you're recruiting. He is a elite rebounding talent. And so um, he'll help us there. We still have to add an older post, or maybe two. Uh, and so we're still on the prowl for that. But I really do like our roster. Uh, I like how it fits. It feels like it's fitting together better than uh, in years past. And some of it has to do with it. We've actually been able to meet with these guys face-to-face and get really good evaluations. So uh, I do like the way it's coming together. How, how 
much is it that some of these kids slipped through the cracks because of the COVID year <clears throat> as far as coming to your school and not getting a bigger look because they weren't seen and it kind of stockpiled up the numbers of kids at, at, at other programs? Yeah, I think COVID played a part in Walker Timmy's recruitment for sure. You know, going in, I mean, March of 2020, COVID hits, that's supposed to be like the bread and butter for his recruitment. That's, that's the going into his senior year summer. You know, that's the summer when everyone gets recruited. And he was going to be playing for Drive Nation, which is one of the elite AU programs in the country uh, out of Dallas. And, um, you know, that gets shut down. So he doesn't really get to be seen at all. And then he plays his high school year with nobody allowed to be in attendance for the most part, plays at J.J. Pierce, and, or J.J. Pierce, it's a good high school, um, but no one is able to get out. And then he goes to Link Prep, which is a really good prep school. They're putting out guys. Um, but, again, just didn't have a lot of eyes on him. And so just kind of slipped through the cracks. He even slipped through the cracks with me. We had him on our list a couple years ago, and I kind of lost track of him. I just happened to see a social media post back in January, and – I was like, man, I didn't realize he had gone prep school. So I contacted him, and we just really developed our relationship from there. Um, you know, DeAndre, I think he slipped through the cracks because of Hurricane Ida. You know, he's from Homa, uh, Louisiana, and Hurricane Ida hits there uh, back in whatever it was, August, September. And just like we went through with uh, Laura a couple years ago, he was displaced. Uh, house was completely destroyed. High school was destroyed. And so he has to start over for senior year at Legacy School over in Houston uh, where Massey played. And if he stays in Ellender and Homa, I bet he ends up at the likes of Tulane or UL or something like that. But because of the move, you know, I think he just got lost in the shuffle a little bit. We stayed in contact with him all summer uh, going into, into this recruiting period. So we recruited him all year and able to get him. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, I think even like Rashad Bolden, Rashad Bolden went to Southern Miss last year when there was no official visits allowed. So he just chose it because his dad had been working at Jones Community College 30 minutes from the school. So he'd seen Southern Miss, he knew it, and he didn't have a chance to come down here for an official visit. So it really came down to, between us and them. He just felt more comfortable going there last year because that's what he knew. Well, going through the year, he realized, you know, he wants something different, and he had the relationship with us already. Well, he got to come down for an official visit this year, and we brought him and his dad down, and that really solidified to him, yeah, this is the place I need to be. So I think COVID played a huge part in it in a lot of our guys' situation. And the great thing about it, the crazy thing is, you know, Rashad um, and Berze are both, you know, transfers, but they're both three years to play. Yeah. And then the other three guys are freshmen. So – if you look at our roster, not only do I think we're going to be good next year, I think we're building something that's going to be uh, sustainable for the next couple of years with the depth in our sophomore class and the freshmen that we're adding. And how, how important – I mean, then you got to re-recruit them, obviously, but you talked about that. You had a lot of kids that came in last year that didn't only had the one year left – really wasn't able to get the chemistry going. How important is it now to kind of establish this and kind of work the chemistry with the years you have available? Yeah, I think it's a huge deal. You know, chemistry was kind of all over the place last year for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think part of that was just the fit of our roster, and that's no one's fault but my own. Um, you know, ended up 
Miles Lewis, Kellen Taylor, and Christian Shoemate all end up playing the same position. Mm -hmm. And so you bring in two grad transfers that I thought and Kellen and Miles were going to be more like threes and fours. Well, Miles ended up being a four, and Christian played way better than we expected him to play as a freshman. And so when you look at our roster, we had four of our five – Four of the five top scorers on our team were fours and fives, and they were just jumbled on top of each other, and we didn't have enough skill at the three. And, um, you know, we, our point guard situation wasn't great. And so when you look like game to game, it just didn't always, the pieces didn't always fit. Whereas I think now, from a chemistry standpoint, our roster fits a little bit better. Uh, we've got guys that are, are signing up to come to McNeese long term um, that are really excited about being at McNeese, they're coming to McNeese for McNeese, not just for the opportunity to get numbers or um, to enhance their profile, which not to say that that's right or wrong, but, you know, when you get grad transfers, sometimes that's what they're shooting for more than coming to play for the school in particular, you know. Um, So that's where I'm really excited about our group. I think they really are committed to McNeese. They're happy to be at McNeese. And, uh, you know, we got to put it all together now, but I do really like the, the type of guys that we've recruited. We've been really intentional about the type of personalities, and uh, I think the Pope Nation's really going to like the group of guys we got. I think they're really going to get behind them. All right, Coach, I want to thank you for your time. appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it, but it's always good to talk to you. Right. We'll talk to you. When we come back, on, we'll continue on the Jordy Holberg Show after this. Just a couple of seconds as we finish up hour number one here on the Jody Hooper Show. A couple of things to mention. Tonight, LSU baseball comes to Lafayette to play the Cajuns. LSU softball drives to McNeese to play the Cowgirls. Two interesting games, I-10 rivals. You can take a look at them and, and see what you say. We'll talk about them tomorrow, but two games you can go to. We'll see you in the hour number two right after this. Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. It is a Saints touchdown. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. Jim Gazzolo in for Jordy. Hour number two on this Tuesday afternoon. I, I'm intrigued by this story probably more than anything around Last week, a, a, a big deal was made of Ed Ogeron showing up at Notre Dame's football practice. It felt, he took his sons, it kind of felt like he was trolling LSU a little bit. Uh, James, your take on it? I, I thought it was kind of like, why is he doing it? I always wanted to see the campus without the pressure of a game. Uh, he was at SC. He saw the campus before uh, <laughs> a few times. Um, it just seemed like he had to get himself back in the news and kind of like, uh, Brian Kelly's talking too much about Notre Dame. I'm just going to kind of troll him a little bit. 
It, it might be. A, it might have been a little bit of a troll job. <laughs> and why is Brian Kelly talking about Notre Dame? It's like he can't get over the old girlfriend. I don't know. Let that, it go. You have a new job. You have a new say, girlfriend. You moved on. And you say she's prettier than the last one, so move on. I don't I don't I don't get why we're I couldn't win at Notre Dame because. Well, you also went four and eight and they kept you. Go four and eight in Baton Rouge and see if they're gonna keep you. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that one that might not that's what a little bit of a little bit of the old boogie cousins of what did they do for me yeah. kind of feel. Well, they they made you a famous name. They got you to the national playoffs twice. They got you to a national title game once. It wasn't like you were, you know, it wasn't like you were playing at, you know, Vandy. You, you were in a pretty good program. You had a lot of national exposure. And you went 4-8 and eight one year. I, I just... He's got his new team. It just seems like he wants to talk about Notre Dame too much. And Ed Ogeron was kind of just happy to say, here's my face here. <laughs> We're in a world where everybody wants more attention than they need. We all don't need attention. Even you, Mesh. You, you, you just used to be just a producer. Now you want to talk all the time. Got your own show, half a show. <laughs> got to have your name in the title. It's got to be everywhere. Ah, everybody. Everybody just wants the attention. No, that it's fun to watch Ed Ogeron work. That's I actually, all I'm gonna say. It's just fun to watch him around. I saw I saw him the other day. I saw a video of him. I didn't see him personally. I, I saw a video of him the other day at a restaurant. He was giving some like college kids the death stare. Yeah. I was like, what? I don't With know. No the, shirt on. Yeah, no, yeah. no shirt on. There's never a shirt on Coach. No. Joe. I mean, if, if you're Cody and you just got your first gig at Miami and, and you're like, my dad's making a fool of himself. <laughs> you're like, do you really want to see your dad without a shirt on? I'm sure he's in a restaurant. I'm, I'm sure he's seen it a few times. <laughs> but do you want to see it? No. No. You don't need to see that. Is right, he so, probably used to it at this point? Yeah, he's probably yeah, is. Probably. He probably is. He's, probably is. All right. So we have LSU's. Spring game, I guess. What do you what do you want to see this year for LSU now? What what do you see? Do you think they settled on a quarterback? Because no. when you bring a quarterback in as late as they did from Arizona State, you generally weren't happy with the ones you saw. Yes, and <laughs> <laughs> something didn't click. So they're obvious. They haven't seen enough, obviously, from the quarterbacks. Yeah. And then they bring in Jaden, and there still hasn't been anybody that's Stood taken out. the lead. So it's, that, that, that's it's the very word, worrying. Taking the lead. No, no one has taken charge. Taking control of the situation. That is, you know, I saw it. I just, I just went through it with McNeese, where every time he would talk about the quarterbacks, there was nobody that was in in control, which meant to me I, he might go porthole hunting. You could always go portal hunting if you're LSU. You could also always be in a situation where your guys may say, I'm not the guy, and they go into the portal. I, I thought it was interesting talking to a couple of coaches last week on different levels, some on the FCS, some on the FBS level. They all said this is almost like training camp and cutdown day in the NFL to where you're not going to see the kids 
that don't think they're going to get a job or a starting job enter the portal. So you're going to get some prime talent coming into the portal. And these coaches were looking forward to that. So stay tuned. They've all, all these coaches have strategically left a few scholarships open for the right guy. That's just the game now. Does that make you, as an LSU fan, James, happy or questioning or concerned? or? And what do you think of your Brian Kelly looking around going, what's going on at Notre Dame? I don't know why you would be looking at Notre Dame. Why are okay. you worried? That's, I've never understood that. Like, Move on. It's not like I still... But he is doing it. He, 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 will, he will happily answer the question instead of just saying, I enjoyed my time there and I've moved on. That ends all conversations right there, doesn't it? It should. I enjoyed my time there. It was a great opportunity. We did all we could do, and now I've moved on. But I'm. But now I'm an LSU Tiger. Now I'm an LSU Tiger. But, but now, while I was there, we couldn't win because they didn't have this and this. Now look at this cafeteria. Look at our cafeteria. Look what they're doing here. Just say this is a better situation for me. That's all you got to say. <laughs> now I see. Now I see why he wasn't. Now I see why he was kind of blanketing his his staff and his team from the media because he, he's answering questions weird. Yeah, well, we haven't even gotten into the Frank Wilson answer when he basically said, well, I'm going to stand behind him. He's our guy. Well, you don't know the whole story yet, do you? Let it play out. I would have just said, let's see what the facts say. <laughs> I I don't know. It's... He's gone out of his way to address situations he didn't need to address. Just tell me how the team's doing. You have bigger issues than that. You have bigger issues than worrying about why Ed Ogeron is walking around South Bend. You have bigger issues into why you didn't win at South Bend because of the cafeteria. I'm a lot more worried about these position battles than you talking about your time at Notre Dame. Yes. I don't care if LSU has... Better, a better cafeteria than Notre Dame. I don't care. <laughs> well, he seems to. He, yeah, I know. He, he, he does. To, he made a big point out of it. And he, what do you make of that? What is that Ogeron going to do? He cannot stay out of the spotlight. Does he go back to coaching somewhere? He can't be a line this, coach again. Not this year. Somebody's got to give him a TV job, right? Somebody will probably give him a TV job. May, like, they'll offer to him. You got off. He's, he's. I think he gives. I think he gives it maybe a year there, and then he goes back as an assistant coach. Could you? Well, if you're an assistant coach, you you, you don't have all that much responsibility as you did before as a head coach. Yeah, but don't you want that? Re- I, that he seems like he wanted that responsibility. And what would you be? It got. You got to be at least a coordinator if you're at Ogeron, don't you? you? Can't just be a line coach. Oh, well, he's not an X's and O's guy. He doesn't scheme up anything. No. So how know. how would he be a coordinator? That he would, be would tough. have. He would, he have, would to, have to be a line coach. He would have to be a defensive line coach because that's his big thing. So he's going to be the defensive line. line coach recruiting guy. Yeah. Yeah. For whoever, <laughs> Auburn highest bidder. Auburn. Auburn. Tennessee. Oh. Alabama. Oh. Oh, that would, oh, that would hurt. Oh, I don't. Would know. that hurt? Would that hurt the most? 
That that would hurt actually. Okay. That would like wow, you're going to Alabama. Okay. Well, that's where that's where coaches go to rehabilitate themselves. Would that hurt would Alabama hurt worse than Miss than Oh, you can't go back to Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> what was I thinking? Just the whole Lane Kiffin would have been fun though. That would be interesting. The whole re, USC reunited. What if he goes to Oregon? That would be interesting. Ah, does he want to be a or head maybe? Coach? Mm. I think he's more of just a, a character guy that should just go do TV and have fun. I think if he is to coach, what if he does go to Notre Dame? I know <laughs> to, to what to coach off the defensive line. To coach coach Notre Dame's defensive line. I, I don't know if you could do that as a rookie coach and bring a guy out with that much success. And that's somebody looking over your shoulder right away. You don't want the alumni looking over your shoulder in your first oh, this, year. Oh, this is what I did at OSU. Oh, he does you. He, he, well, we couldn't understand him at Notre Dame. <laughs> he would not, Notre Dame he wouldn't, wouldn't understand him. They what would he, not have a, any idea he would what have, he was trying He to would say. have to stay in... What if he does? What if he he does? Would have, there's no way he could talk to the people in Notre Dame and they would understand him. What if he goes to, like, Louisiana Tech? No. Oh. Oh. What if he comes to Lafayette? No. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> Tech would be interesting. Tech. That, way, that way he's still in the South. That way he's still in Louisiana. He's just with a different school, or like Tulane or something. Tulane. Tech would be. Tech I don't know be, if I could, Tech would be more likely to do it. I was gonna say I can't see him in green. I can't see him in that. No, no. I can't see him in that green though. I, I Tech would be more likely to do it. I don't know if they have the money to do it. Hey, Monroe has money apparently. After the last couple of years, they they threw out some big name guys. Yeah, it's, uh, ask as Gary Goff. Ask him. As Gary Goff if McNeese would want him. Yeah. I think uh, Ed was a partial coach the last uh last couple of seasons. I mean he McNeese. was there. But the thing is he was he was probably there a good bit with his son, Cody. He was at every spring game and at, at the two fall games when they had bye weeks. Exactly. So they had to have at least some conversations. Well, Goff wasn't there though. But he but he who's to say he didn't talk with the Yeah, he probably did. Yeah. Well, he was. I know Ed, Ed was there a lot. That's what I'm saying. He, he, he had to have. Town, he was around town, and he was on the sidelines. He had to have at least some conversation with some people at McNeese. <laughs> he he would not. Uh, he is as he once told me. He would not sit in the stands. He goes, I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> exactly. I don't need to talk to fans. I'm here to see my son. Exactly. I what do you th- th- and then I asked him, "What do you think talk, of the coaching?" Talk, talk to Cody mid-game. I go, I go, "What do you think of coaching?" The coaching. He goes, <laughs> "No parents ever happy, are they?" <laughs> nope. <laughs> They're three and four. So there you go. Ed Ogeron was upset with the coach. Throw it out there. So so are we confirming Ed Ogeron to McNeese? No, I don't think we can confirm that. It's a good hypothetical. I can't even tell you who McNeese is going to play next year yet. Every day it changes. Every day the league changes. I think it's a good hypothetical, though. I think you're, I think you're stretching it a little bit at McNeese. I would have gone maybe with Tech because it's still FBS. Um, maybe he goes, so you want him to go back to Northwestern State where he started his career, coaching career. 
as a line coach, as a grad assistant line coach. Hey, they got a new coach. So the, the, the South, Ed Ogeron could be king of the Southland. <laughs> Upset. I think he's got probably higher goals than that. I would say so. But uh, I, I just I, like how it makes noise. It made a lot of noise because he was there. I just think at this point he'd want to. He'd want to. Well, I mean, if he's, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it would make a lot of sense for him to either go to Tech or go to an SEC school and be the D line coach. That way, you st- you're still you still got national TV on you. Yeah. Like people are still going to talk about you, but you're going to have to have a really, a really, a coach really, really secure in his own position to have Ed Oger on there because he's going to get the media attention. Go to Florida. Oh, he's going to get media attention. Go be with Billy Napier. You don't see him at Georgia. He could go to Georgia. I I couldn't see him at Alabama. He says so many bad things. About uh, uh, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> I could see I could see Florida though. I could see Auburn doing it. I I think I think it would have to be an SEC school. Yeah, I don't I don't Because if Texas you're going to go to if you're going to go Texas isn't going to come calling. No. And if you're going to go to Tech, you're going to want to be the head coach again. Yeah, you're not going to Cause, Tech cause to be assistant. You will have pretty much the same responsibilities, but you won't have that kind of pressure like you did at LSU. Well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, so get if you're the, the defensive yeah. line coach at like Florida or Auburn, you have you have the attention on you, but you don't have that expectation. Because yeah. you, you go to tech, you go to tech as a, as a line coach, you're still the biggest name, and you're the biggest. You're bigger. You're a bigger name than your head coach. than your head coach. So you're you're gonna be the story, and you don't want you don't want to be the story. <laughs> well, maybe he does. There you go. There you go, Coach O. Just go coach go go coach defensive line of Florida or Auburn. We helped you out. Yeah. Or just take your shirt off and walk around a restaurant. He already does that though. <laughs> you'll get, you'll he get doesn't need us to as, tell him that. You'll get just as much attention, apparently, if you're walking around an Orange Beach uh restaurant. Jim Gazzolo in for Jordy. 1037-1041 the game. Lafayette Lake Charles. We'll be back. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 19, 1960. For the first time in baseball history, uniforms begin displaying players' names on their backs. The Chicago White Sox are the first to do this in the MLB by putting names on their road uniforms. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You can experience Festival International like never before by winning the game's game's Festival International prize pack. Sign up for the rewards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and you'll get a chance to score a pair of Bon Ton passes. You will get exclusive access to front row and stage areas. You'll have shaded seatings, air-conditioned restrooms, that's very important, and express drink lines, shirts, pins, and a poster. Experience festival like never before by winning the Festival International Prize Pack from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Hey, Jim Gazzolo back. It seems like you were excited about the uh, air-conditioned bathrooms. Those are very important. (laughs) Oh, we got Ed Ogeron a job. That's good. That's always important to give Ed Ogeron a job. 
Now comes the big question. Who do you want the Saints to draft James? Uh, do, you, do you want him to go quarterback at some point in time? What do they need? Are you happy with Andy Dalton as a backup? Yeah, I'm totally fine with Andy Dalton as, really? as a backup. Yeah. Can I show you what he did last year for us at the Bears? Well, you did have Matt Nagy as a your, point your... well taken, a point that needs to be made every time you talk about the Bears struggles. You did have Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. I'm totally fine stunk. with a I'm totally fine with a seasoned veteran who went to the playoffs multiple times. So, if that's my backup quarterback, yeah. That's cool. Actually, I like Andy Dalton. That's what I saying. thought he was okay with the Bears. He's just a uh, terrible offensive line, terrible football team. So what do the Saints need to do now? In my personal opinion. We saw we saw the way they slashed away the cap. Yep. So was, once again, the cap that everybody talks about is impossible to get out of. They got out of it in like a day and a half. They got, they got out of it in like two weeks. <laughs> it's, it's not a big couple, deal. A couple of... Couple of Couple of knives and they were done with. They, they had slashed it all over they, the place. Yeah, they got a, they got a nice few cuts. Easy in. to do, if you want to do it. It's easy to do. The my personal opinion is you don't draft QB. Okay. The only I wouldn't either probably because you you have Jameis. I He's get, your guy. I get he, it. I get guy. it. It's not a four year contract. I get it. So you don't have the most confidence in the guy. But you wouldn't have brought him back if you didn't believe in him. No, and you got Andy Dalton to back him up. And you have Andy Dalton to back you up. And Jameis wouldn't have come back if you didn't have that come-to-Jesus meeting saying, hey, we we trust you. You upgraded the room from last year. Definitely. That That's, that's pilot, first and foremost. And, and when you look at it, the last few years, they had... Notice how whenever you had Drew Brees, you had that seasoned veteran yeah. to sit behind and be the clipboard guy. Yeah, and that's what you you're need. you're doing that again. Yes. You wouldn't and you wouldn't draft a QB if you didn't think you could make the playoffs and make a nice run. They were one They can make the playoffs. They were one Rams choke in the regular season away from making the playoffs. They they will they can make a playoff. They can make a run toward the playoffs. I'm not sure. Did they you can make lose a playoff run? But did you lose the? Did you lose some key pieces? Did you lose Teron Armstead? Did you lose Marcus Williams? Is Quan Alexander currently not signed? Yeah. 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 You got. Yeah, you got work to do. You've you've definitely retooled. You've gotten Marcus May. You've gotten two extra safeties. You re-signed PJ Williams. You brought back Bradley Roby on a on a new deal that's more friendly. Are you are you the second best team in that division? Easily. So then you are at least a wild card contender. You're at the least. you're at least at the top of in the hunt. Yes. At the very least. Yeah. That's what I would say. Cuz you're going to get you're you're going to get you should get four wins and then split with Tampa so you could be 5 and 1 in the league in the conference. But even, the but league. even then. But even then. The other two teams are horrible now. Now Atlanta is horrible. Atlanta's terrible. And I don't. We have no idea what Charlotte's doing, or or what the I don't, Carolina Panthers. I don't know exactly what to make of it. Um, but you also could say they go five and one. They split with Carolina, but then they beat Brady twice again. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, maybe you I mean said, I, we, we don't know. We've said that the last two years. We we don't know what we, that team's going to look like. We we thought Tampa would would be the ones to. We have stump. no idea what Tampa's going to look like with a new head coach. Nope. We have no idea what the Brady factor is. 
We and we saw what Tampa looked like without Antonio Brown once he quit. They didn't. They <laughs> once didn't. He, once he walked away from it. Once he ran away shirtless at MetLife. Shirtless. There you go. To go meet Ed Ogeron somewhere shirtless. Exactly. They're no, having I, they're having lunch at Olive Garden shirtless. I don't think there's any question that we don't know what that division looks like at all. It was. Do you think Tom Brady was actually considering going to Miami with Sean Payton? Are you that much of a conspiracy guy? I don't. I don't. I don't really buy into it all that much. I get it. He wanted to maybe be away from his family, <laughs> but yeah, but you're only going to Miami. That's like, you're not even leaving the state. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, you would go and work again. But I think he still wants to play. No, he wants to play. Yeah, like I mean, you you only you only go into the front office if you know you can't play and. Either you know you can't play anymore, or you're not into. The so game did he just want to get rid of Bruce Arians? I that, I they, I don't think that they, they really never liked each other. And but the thing is also, Bruce Arians after like post game after the Super Bowl, after they won, yeah, he said that the next year, which was last year, would be his last year. Yeah. So I I knew this all along. I knew that this was his final season. Brady was just. Kind of, I guess, counting down the days, I guess you could say. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I'll retire. Then why make the big deal out of it? But then I want to come back. <laughs> why make the big deal out of it? Just say I'm coming back for one more year. Why do we, I, this, we're getting back into the, why do we have to have the spotlight on us all the time? It's fun. <laughs> you don't want to go for Baker I Mayfield? Like Saints wise? Anybody. <laughs> Does anybody want Baker Mayfield? Well, apparently Carolina's in the lead for it. Yeah. I don't know. Would he want to go there? I well, guess he's running the, out of options. Well, if you're if you are the Browns, you're gonna if you're gonna trade a QB, you almost automatically trade him to a non conference team. So, well yeah, you would definitely try to get him to the NFC. So you go to NFC Bears aren't gonna do it. They have Justin Fields. No. I don't think you want to trade for Baker. Packers no. Brought back Aaron Rodgers, and they have Jordan Love still. Could the Lions do it? Uh, Maybe. Know, be a lot of money tied up with uh, with Golf and 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 Baker. You have so two headaches. You could you could say possibly, but not likely. And then Vikings, they just extended Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You look at NFC East, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. No, Jalen Hurts is the Eagles guy for this year at least. So Washington. Washington just traded for Wentz. Oh. And then New York, they're they say supposedly that they're going to build around Danny Jones, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, is that really going to happen? You got a new head coach there. Is that really going to happen? Are you a Danny Jones fan? No, not even close. Or Dave, is it Danny or Davy? Danny, oh, Danny, because his because his name is Daniel. Yeah, I know. I I think I think that could be something in play, but I also think if you're going to get a new QB, if you're the Giants, just draft one next year. You just tolerate Daniel Jones and then just drop him off once the contract ends. Just drop him off. Just, just drop him off at the bus stop. So Baker Mayfield could go to Carolina or the Giants. Or or Seattle. Oh. No, nah, they're gonna go somewhere else, aren't they? I, they gotta do more than that. I don't I don't think it would be Seattle. They gotta do more than that. But it, it it's a possibility since you I'm trying to think since I mean you just traded for Drew Locke 
It was a part of the trade for Russ. You re-signed Geno Smith. It would make sense to draft a QB, maybe. Yeah, they, they're going to have to draft somebody. But I don't think they could start him. I don't think I don't see anybody coming in and starting, and being able to. I don't see that. I don't see any of the quarterbacks right now coming in and starting and being a star. I I don't either. All of them need at least a year. Yeah. So I would I would say, unless you want to go with Geno Smith for a year, or or you just go with Drew Locke. <sighs> you go. You're gonna. You're probably just gonna go back and forth between. You're probably gonna start Drew Locke, and then after a certain point, you go to Geno Smith, and you're like, and then okay, you go back. and then you go back to Drew Locke again. The last couple yeah, of games, it's probably about somewhere throwing a Matt Barkley type, and you're done. Pretty much. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky's available. No, he's not anymore. There you go. They'll put him in Pittsburgh. Put everybody in Pittsburgh. I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what the Saints do. They've always done well on draft days. I, I think see what they come up with. I think it'll be tack, or at least it should be tackling wide receiver. It better be tackle. It better be tackling wide receiver. I would hope it's tackle first, but yeah, because you're gonna jump up. The only thing the Chargers really need at this point is another offensive lineman and a corner. So you jump. I the way I see it is Eagles at fifteen take a corner, and then you. And then the Saints at 16 grab a tackle. So then it forces the Chargers to choose between, do I want somebody like Bernard Raymond, who's 24, at tackle? Or do I want to just go get like Andrew Booth or get a different corner? Or do I just wait and get a corner in the second round? And then I just grab another offensive lineman to secure it up since Bernard Raymond was a really good one. And then, and then Eagles go get a defensive lineman since they got Fletcher Cox out of one-year deal. And then Saints, you've waited a few picks and no wide receivers are off the board, so you get one of the best available. You probably get the guy you want. Yeah. A guy you can live with at least. Which I I think it would be Olave. Probably. Because people are saying, oh, Olave is going to be gone. Well, do you you think like everybody's going to get drafted before pick 13? (laughs) I don't know if he'll be gone. That's not. I don't. I don't think he, he will. He would have to fall. People are. Not, no, somebody could trade, but is he worth a trade? Is he that much of a difference maker that you would trade up for? I I don't know because a lot of people are in love with Drake London. People love Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and I'm trying to remember the other name. Those are the main two, though. I know for sure because pe- Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and Jamison Williams, and Jamison Williams is. They've been talking about him a lot and that he could make a faster return than people think. Well, that's something. I mean, that that would be that would play if he could. That's why doctors are known. Jim Gazzolo in for Jordy. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. The game. We'll be back to talk more Pelicans after this. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Want to help clean up Lafayette Parish? Trash Bash, a community cleanup presented by Environmental Quality Division at Lafayette Consolidated Government and the Bayou Vermilion District, is scheduled on Saturday, April 23rd. Residents of all ages are invited to participate to pick up litter in the streets, parks, and Bayou Vermilion. Anyone can volunteer. Volunteers can register by calling 337-291-5637 or emailing recycling at lafayettela.gov. There is no cost to participate. Jim Gazzotto back in for Jordy. Right now with us on the phone is Ali Casal from the Bird Rights. Ali, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. Good weather, and we've got Pelicans basketball in the playoffs. Are you in Phoenix right now? No. No, I stay behind in New Orleans. Oh, well, it is good weather, at least. I was going to say, because I, I lived two years in Phoenix. It gets a little hot, that's all. I didn't know how oh, hot yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. See how hot it was. I've, uh... I've been out there. <laughs> um, let, let's, let's start with this. Uh They've won two play-in games to get to where they are now. They played relatively well the other night. Uh, do you think they have a chance in this series? Do you think they have a chance tonight? Or do you, how many games do you see them winning in this? You know, before the series started, I figured that they could take two games from Phoenix. It'd be very competitive just about every single game. But Phoenix has, you know, the experience, yeah. just the talent. And you can't overlook they're the best team in basketball, right? I mean, no. It, the Pelicans are a growing team, and, and you hope that they'll get to that level. But, no, I don't see it, unfortunately. But I, I will say after seeing that first game, now I'm not sure. I was hoping that the New Orleans could steal that first one because that's when the opportunity is there because the team, the Suns, that is, did not play for a full week as to where the Pelicans. I know that they were probably a little mentally, physically exhausted, but they were in a groove of playing competitive basketball. Yeah. So I think tonight might actually be harder to win. So, Looking at that, can they win two games here at home uh, in games three and four? I'm not sure. I know that they'll probably take at least one, though. Yeah, you don't see them getting swept? No, I don't, honestly. Look, this this team's always going to fight. They proved it. They could have laid down at any point during the first half in game one, but they didn't. And, in fact, they discovered some things uh, on which rotations were optimal. But, more importantly, they got their offense going, right? So, it I, just gives me hope that this team's got so much firepower that they're going to at least shoot well in one game to where they're going to overcome the Suns' defense. A lot of fans don't realize how good the Phoenix Suns actually are. They don't seem to get a lot of attention. But that's a really right. good basketball team. They had the best record. They went to the finals last year. Uh, this is a good team they're playing. They're, they're not. It's not something they're going to sneak up on. No, look, I mean, Phoenix, you know, you look at any stat you want. They're up there at the top, whether you're looking at the offense or defense, both rank in the top five during the regular season. They've improved on what they were last year, which is a team that made it to the finals. Um, and the experience, that continuity they've got of just playing another 82-game season under their belt. So, yeah, they know who they are. They know what they want to do, right, where to look for their scores, their points, how to defend. They've got all that figured out. They've got a really good coach in Monty. So, yeah, yeah I, I hope fans aren't sleeping because this team is legitimately the number one team in basketball. Yeah, well, I agree. I think it's a, it's a it's a great basketball team as far as how it plays basketball together. Doesn't have the star names because we don't hear about them, but Chris Paul's as good as anybody when it comes to how he played the other night, and he seems to really yeah. turn it up against New Orleans. Yeah, he does it against a lot of other teams. I've watched enough games where I can confirm <laughs> that, but you're right. When it's a big moment, Chris Paul's usually going to rise in the occasion. I know a lot of people always want to bash him for the lack of you know winning a title, having some you know, less than stellar playoff performances. But, you know, it takes a team. And I've seen more often than not Chris Paul, like I said, rise to the occasion. 
So that fourth quarter explosion he had against the Pels where he scored, what was it, 17 points yeah. in the first six minutes of the fourth. Yeah, we've seen that kind of that play before against it, whether it's he was here in New Orleans or he's been on another team. So what's amazing to me, he's still doing that at his age, right? He's almost 37 years old, and he still looks like a guy that's in his you know prime in his late 20s or something. Amazing. Ali Casal joining us from the Bird Rights, uh, covering the Phoenix, uh, Phoenix New Orleans series. What does this mean? What has the last week and a half, 10 days meant to basketball in New Orleans for the Pelicans to have won the two games but also get excitement back? It shouldn't mean a lot. You know, it, it, it basically confirms what we saw with our own eyes, right? A team that started out very poorly out of the gates that you were wondering about so many different questions to the improvement you watch, to suddenly the rookies, every single one of them playing well. They have stars on this team. They added C.J. McCollum, who's you know right there with Brandon Ingram among the what, tw- top 25, 30 players mm-hmm. in the league. Jonas Valanciunas is very effective, can get you 20 and 10. So we thought what, what, what we thought we saw was an improving team, but also a team that's better than what their record, their overall record shows. And so for them to get in the playoffs, yeah, that's just a confirmation of the season that they had, which is, was honestly an outstanding one, considering they started behind the eight ball, right? I mean, 1-12 in 12 starts to be where they are now. Fantastic achievement. The getting of C, the, the trading and getting of CJ McCollum, it shows that they have basketball knowledge in there, and they they will make a move. That seems to be completely different from what we've seen in the past from the front office. How important was that? Even going as far as saying getting Zion on board in the future, or uh, just to to kind of dedicate yourselves of we're going to do the right things to play basketball in this town. Yeah, they, they needed to make a big move to confirm to everybody. Look, Brandon Ingram already mentioned he's an all-star. Yep. Zion, he, he's an all-star as well. But you still always needed a good guard, right? Somebody in the backcourt because, look, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe last year didn't do it. And really only Drew Holiday's the last one since Chris Paul's left town that you can honestly say that that guy's a legitimate difference maker in the backcourt. So they needed to go out and get somebody. Unfortunately, C.J. McCollum became available. And more importantly, it wasn't that they were able to get him. It's the fact that C.J. wanted to come here. That confirms of what people around the league are seeing and thinking about this New Orleans Pelicans team, right? It's a team on the rise. Got great young talent that you can win with. I mean, that's what C.J. said. and He's been confirming it in almost every single interview since. So it is definitely a team that's on the rise where, you know, it's a player's kind of destination now. You feel like this is a team that's going to go into postseasons now for – you know, X amount of years because they've got that talent, this group that did it this year when they started so poorly. And now if you get Zion, you just add Zion in the mix, who knows what the ceiling is of that team, correct? I mean, yeah. you feel like they got to be top six in the West. Yeah, well, you definitely don't see them play, being forced to play in playing games in the future. That's one thing no. that they should be, <laughs> uh, as long as Zion stays healthy. we got to say that, as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, as long as the key pieces largely yeah. stay healthy, right? Because, yeah. Well, C.J. McCollum gave them an excitement factor, but Ingram's been fantastic all year. Have, have we seen him really become a, kind of establish himself and establish his star in the league now? I think so. And I, as C.J. said in his very first interview here, and we have noticed that with his play, right? Brandon made the All-Star uh, game his first season here. Didn't make it last year, but he put very comparable uh, stat, stats. This year, again, the stats kind of looked the same, but you know what? He looks like a different player, and this shows from, say, the first few weeks of the season to now. First few weeks, he's still trying to play a lot of the isolation basketball, trying to do it on his own. 
he has so bought in to playing within the team of finding it, his own points within the office and making sure he gets others involved. And he, you know, the Pelicans, before they got C.J. McCollum, they were playing very good basketball too, right? They were just yeah. about 500, I want to say, for the two previous months. And all that was because B.I. He still was taking double teams, but the team was still winning and he's still able to get his because he has really figured things out. He's really become a leader out there. Is there anybody outside of Golden State that could win the West besides Phoenix? I wanted to say Memphis, but boy, they, they, yeah. they lost that first game <laughs> I saw in Minnesota. That. Now you're not sure. Because look, Minnesota looked fantastic, right? Yeah. You know about Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, but Anthony Edwards, right? So young. How would he perform? Well, he looked like a superstar. So I think they've got something special brewing. So now it's very hard to pick on who else you should favor, right, besides the Suns. I mean, it's a coin flip for me. Denver doesn't look like it, so it's probably got to be Golden State. Yeah, I, just, I, I haven't seen anybody besides Golden State that has the potential to step up and kind of make that run. Um, I, I thought there would be during the year, like you said, I thought there'd be several teams that looked like they could do that. But when Memphis loses the first game and didn't look very good at it, you're, you're kind of like, eh, take a step back from them. <laughs> right, James. And, and yeah, you got to mention also Utah. They, they couldn't even beat uh, Dallas twice when they don't have Luka Doncic. No. So you don't feel good about Dallas because they don't have Doncic. Or if he comes back, will he be 100%? And Utah, man, they, they're just on a team that's probably going to get broken up this yeah. summer because they just look disappointing again. Well, there's even talk that their coach is going to be gone. So that he's going to, he he's one, one of the guys from so the Lakers. What do you see in the East? Is there is there anything exciting in the East? Do you, are you really? Oh, do you a, want to see Brooklyn? There's a lot. There's a lot. Do yeah. you want to see I mean, a Brooklyn? First of all, you have to love the first top four teams, right? I think any single one of them could get in the finals, right? Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. But I'm in love with that Boston uh, Brooklyn matchup. Yeah. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but I watched every minute and it didn't disappoint. So Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they've been there. They've won the whole thing. They're going to put up a fight, but I think the Boston's the better team, and they'll eventually prove that once the season's over, or the series is over. And you got to like the fact that uh, Irving had a little a little feisty with the crowd, and that just fires everybody up, makes it personal. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The NBA you know, loves that. Enemies are born in the playoffs. Oh, the, the the NBA loves when that happens. They, they they they'll they'll eat that up. They'll show that a hundred times. Yeah, I just can't wait for the second round in the East, so because honestly. Chicago, Atlanta, they haven't shown anything. And Toronto, no. they lost Scotty Barnes, it looks like. So they're not going to be able to do anything against Philly. No, the second round looks really good, and the the Boston-Brooklyn series looks good. Uh, the East, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to – I don't think they're going to win the NBA championship in the East, but I do think that they're the most exciting conference because it seems like their teams are rising up and, and are showing some things. And showing some fight where we didn't, we're not seeing that in the West. Yeah, I mean, not only do you have, I think you can make a legitimate case for all four teams potentially winning a championship over there. And, and as you mentioned, besides Phoenix, it was kind of just Golden State, and that's it for the West. It looks like yeah. so. I agree with you, but the, boy, Phoenix was the best team, and I'll tell you what, the way Golden State looked um, last night, and Steph Curry came off the bench. They looked like the team that we saw during the first couple of months of the year where they were healthy and playing great ball. Yeah. Now they've got Clay Thompson out of that mix, and Jordan pulls on cloud nine right now. His confidence couldn't be any higher. So that's a very dangerous team. But I, I feel you're right. I think Phoenix or Golden State are likely going to win the championship because these are going to be beating themselves up to get there. What do you want to see from, outside of obviously winning the series, and that, what would you like to see from the Pelicans 
pushing it or how they play or what, what can they establish for going forward for next year from this series? You just want to see them continue to fight because it's important that even though you're losing, um, that you still bring it 110% effort for every 48 minutes. And that experience is going to carry, right? Especially if we, what we were talking about earlier, if the Falcons start making the playoffs be a real thing consistently, they're going to need this experience. They'll be able to use it next time they go to the playoffs because they'll be more prepared, right? They won't be overwhelmed by the lights or, you know, just the intensity within each yeah, game. The moment. And they'll know what they need to work on individually to help the team so that they can win next time they make it there. Ali Casal, the Bird Rights, want to thank you for your time. We'll see you later on in this series, I imagine. Absolutely, Jim. Let, let's hope that they can grab at least one, maybe two. Uh, before the series is over. Yeah, I, think like, I, don't, I don't want to see him get swept. I'd like to see him win one. I think they'll win one. Two would be fantastic to me. All yep. right, thanks for your time. Yep, have a good one. Right. Ali Casal from the Bird Rights. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st. And you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We're back. Final moments here on a Tuesday afternoon. A quick reminder, the Astros game, which usually appears on the game, will be on 98.5 tonight, 710. That's so we can bring you live LSU ULL at 6.30 on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. Pre-game starts at 6 o'clock. James, what do you want to see out of that game? Do you want to see an LSU team that's reeling? They got to get something to get going, don't they? I just want to see a good overall game since I, uh, I've i always been someone that roots for both teams. I, I don't necessarily pick either one when it comes down to it because it's so even for both of me for me personally so i just want a good game out of it and this I don't, game has a little feist with the fans oh it, it always does because i mean i know all the cages fans are gonna be upset with you because you called them ull um uh, instead, instead of louisiana i got you i'm from lake charles i'm sorry folks <laughs> the university of louisiana how's that the raging cajuns i saw you know Unfortunately, last week they got rained out against McNeese. Uh, I hope they do make up that game because that's always also a little bit of a feisty game. <laughs> it's always good to always good to have the rivals, but LSU needs to needs to start playing a little better baseball. Their their fielding's been really tough. I'm Jim Gazzolo. I want to thank you for joining me. I'll turn it back over to the next show, which is Crunch Time with James Mesh again. Thanks for joining us.